Welcome back to Globe Thoughting, your favorite travel podcast. What an episode we have today. OMG. Okay, so I dated this guy for two years and our relationship was very interesting to those who knew us. We broke up, we remained best friends, we're family members for life. Half the people we tell that to get it right away. Half the people don't get it at all. They think we're lying to ourselves. They think one of us is still... It's whatever. It's ridiculous, but it is what it is. On the pod today, we're going to get into our relationship, you know, everything we went through, and we're also going to get into how to break up in Bali because basically our trip to Bali was when we really knew it's over. Um, I'm very excited. With me today is my ex-boyfriend, but also a delight in his own right. Being my ex is not his only credit. He is a joke writer. He is Twitter sensation, also now Instagram sensation, pre-awesome. Guys, please welcome Michael Primavera to the podcast. Thank you for having me, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I am I'm sitting in his bedroom right now in Chicago. I came to visit him and his lovely girl. Well, she's not really girlfriend. She's your domestic partner now. Yeah, she's uh, everything but a legal wife at this point. Mazel. Thank you. She's an angel. Um, so we're going to talk about Bali. We're going to talk about our relationship. So that'll be the run of show. But Mike, first... Let's do some opening questions. Okay. Um, my, if you follow Mike on Twitter or Instagram, you know that he is um, kind of a savant of diarrhea. Oh, yeah. I know you'll have a good answer to this. No, having lived with you and been around you for years now, please uh, tell us about your best diarrhea story while traveling. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'll, I'll pick the best one since I have so many. Okay. But uh, so I was on a rafting trip, a whitewater rafting trip that was going to take several days. So I was on this trip with the guy leading it who I knew and a bunch of people who I didn't know. And while we were going downriver, I realized I had to use the bathroom. So I asked him, hey, uh, I need to use the bathroom. Can we pull over or something? He was like, we can't pull over. You just kind of lean off the end and go. So I was like, okay. So I leaned over the edge of the raft and... I start going, and he goes, man, that's a long pee. And I go, pee? And nobody in the boat would look at me after that because I was hanging off the boat, taking a dump. I thought that's what you did. You so, thought you thought when he, when he let you off the side that you could just take a giant dump next well, to a bunch of people on a trip? But I'm submerged in the water, and there's moving water, so it's like being in a bidet. It just cleaned my butt, like, as... But why Why didn't you just lie? Why did you say, yeah, I take really long peas? Like, why would you tell everybody you're taking a shit? <laughs> I didn't think. I thought everyone else, all these other people in the boat were going to have to do it too eventually. Okay, wait. Tell the best part though. About how, what was the reaction? Literally, no one in the boat would look at me or speak to me for the rest of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I was a pariah. <laughs> <sighs> what did that one girl say to you? 
that it was the most awful thing she'd ever seen in her life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I know you have more. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, uh, leaving a Halloween party dressed as a cowboy, decided to squat between two cars in a parking lot and take a shit because I had diarrhea really bad. And while I was using the car for leverage to shit, someone locked the doors. So there was people in there while I did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you could just, this could be rapid fire diarrhea stories with Michael Primavera. Like, honestly. Oh, yeah. I know you have more. Oh, sure. I mean, I think it's because the most of them are when I was blackout drunk and then you just wake up with shit in your pants. So you don't get the fun part of the story. You just wake up sober with shit in your pants. On that note, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. If you're wondering why we broke up. Surprisingly, this what this Mike's constant diarrhea, wasn't it? Um, okay, the second question, my opening question is, what was the most epic fight you've gotten into while traveling? Epic fight while traveling. Uh, uh, so it actually wasn't while I was traveling. I was picking someone up from the airport while they were traveling. My girlfriend of about seven years. And I decided to pick her up at baggage claim. And as soon as she said hi, I said, we need to break up. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she immediately started crying and took off the ring that she bought for both of us. She bought a matching ring set and made both of us wear them, which was weird. But she took off her ring and threw it across the airport like that was supposed to. I don't know. It wasn't my ring. And then left me at the airport. (laughs) And I picked her up in her car, which she then took. And left me at the airport, which, fair enough. Can I ask you a question? Why do you make these decisions? Like, why would you... Why? Okay, I guess guess my question is, what was the reason to, as soon as she got off the plane, do it at the airport? Why not wait until you got home? I don't know. I'm an an impulsive man. (laughs) It's like diarrhea. Yeah. You gotta get it out right away. I was like, this is coming right now. And she said, hi. And I was like, we should break up. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on. Now now you've met Mike. This is my special friend. <laughs> on the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, your autism is one of yeah. my favorite things about you. Thank you. Um, he's a very special boy. <laughs> okay. So do you want to give some backstory about like our relationship, how we met? And basically, Mike and I... Mike's a big Twitter. I know you hate this, but Mike's famous on Twitter. He's a big <laughs> Twitter boy. He writes jokes. He's fucking hilarious. If you don't follow him, you really should. He's so fucking funny. Everyone loves him. Um, Primozim on Twitter and Instagram. So I kind of knew of him for a while. We, uh, you know, I was working. I was a stand-up. He was a joke writer. We all kind of followed each other on social media. And so I knew who he was. And he started doing that Instagram knock-knock where he would, like, like my photos and, you know, mm-hmm. you know how the boys do. <laughs> he knocked on my door, on my on my digital door. And um, he, like, told me he was coming to L.A. for a comedian's birthday party and was like, yeah, we should meet up. So we met up and I was with my best friend, Bree. She was on this podcast before. We met at this thing and, you know, we, I could tell it was like supposed to be a flirty situation. We like, I think we like got drunk and made out that night Mm -hmm. and we wanted a date. You were visiting from Seattle, so you didn't live here. You didn't live in LA. No, not yet. But I was planning on moving. Right. 
And you told me you were planning on moving in six weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was like four months later that you moved Exactly. I dragged my feet a little bit on it. <laughs> but yeah, we went on a date and I wasn't, I didn't know if I felt like a super romantic connection, but I certainly felt like, oh my God, I'm immediately super comfortable with this person. And like, yeah, we had a good rapport. We've always been able to like yeah. talk, like we just yeah. can talk forever and yep. about anything. And like, it was instant. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't feelings like it was like a super romantic in, like vibe right away but I definitely was like you know my friend Bree was like he's amazing he's so nice he's such a cool dude give him a chance maybe it'll grow mm-hmm. and then you were like come to Seattle <laughs> and I like consulted with people and I was doing stand-up a lot of the time and I consult with people and I was like should I go visit this guy like I don't really know if I'm feeling it romantically but like he's super cool seems like a great guy like should I go and everybody was like, look, go. If it crashes and burns, great for material. And if it's great, you'll find your husband. And I was like, those are the only two possible outcomes. Great. I'm going to go. So I went to Seattle. We had fun. Like, I think I just felt immediately. This is from my perspective. And then you can talk. From my perspective, I was like, I don't really know if this is like a romantic thing for me, but I'm obsessed with this person. Like, he's immediately you felt like family to me. Yeah. It was just like, I I had never experienced something like that before where I would just, I met a guy, it was in a dating context. It wasn't like we met in some other, co- we met in a context of like, this is going to be a romantic thing. And I immediately felt like you were my person yeah. and like you were somebody who was supposed to be in my life. And I just couldn't yet figure out how that was going to be. But it just like when guys meet and that guys and girls meet or, you know, if you're heterosexual if you meet in that way like it just feels like that's what it's supposed to okay date each other yeah um, yeah that's what's so wild about it you're like well this is what we're supposed to do now but yeah that was our entire relationship is like well this is my bro yeah of course we're supposed to be together it's not like it wouldn't even factor in like just be friends and i don't know maybe in another contact maybe another way if we met at work or something but even then, I was like, this is my, like, I, I just felt like you were family to me. And, yeah, like, it was very instantly quickly. really easy. Yeah. So we tried to date, and, you know, I I listen to a lot of people who say that thing of, like, maybe the spark can grow. Maybe mm. the, people love to say that. Like, well, you know, attraction can grow and spark can grow. And let me just say, Mike is not, like, an unattractive person. It's not like when I say this, like, he's ugly and gross. I mean, he's pretty disgusting. <laughs> but as his personality he's not but he's not like it's not like I'm not like he's not an attractive person it's just that like I didn't feel that attraction in that way towards him but I'm not saying he's an ugly dude or anything like that you're beautiful the way whatever made you all sure yeah he's like a polar bear he's very very furry he you know Mike kind of looks like a lumberjack like he looks like he built a canoe and lives inside of it yeah that's what I would you he's like the brawny man if the brawny man was going through a divorce <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what you yeah. look like. If the brownie man just stopped giving a shit. Yeah, if the brownie man was going through a crisis. <laughs> but like, I just didn't feel that. And But everybody was like, no, that can grow. Like, passion can grow. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to try. Because like, he was such, like, truly just a good guy. So kind, so gentle, so funny. Had all these things that I was looking for in a partner. And I just was like, maybe it will grow. I'll give it a shot. So we started this like long distance relationship for a few months. He moved down to LA and we just like, what was it for you though? Like in the beginning, did you feel that spark? Did you feel like a romantic connection in the beginning? Uh, No, it was the same thing where it's like, 
I don't feel like an intense romantic connection, but obviously there's something. So it, w- it was confusing because you don't know what to do in that sense. Like your instinct isn't like, well, let's just have this person be my really good friend. Yeah. You're like, well, we have to figure out if dating is going to work. But yeah, it was never like a man. Like this is an awesome romantic. Right. That was never an aspect of it. It was just confusing because the other part was so good. Yeah. We were like, we really were like bros is the best way to put it. Exactly. It's like, we were, we felt like homies yeah. forever. But, but be, I don't know. For me, it's not like, even that doesn't feel enough of what I feel for you, which is yeah, like it's family. It's family. And what are you going to do when you're like in your 20s and 30s, like da- like in a date? It's just like, okay, if I feel like this person's my family, maybe I should make them my family and marry them, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So that's what, because people are always like, why would you date somebody if you felt that way? And it's like, life is not so black and white. It's a little more gray area than yeah. that, you know? So we started dating and, you know, after about six months, I still was feeling that way. And I was like, well, when does it grow? If it's going to grow, when does it grow? Mm-hmm. Isn't like six months enough time and... But at that point, now we have six months into this really intense connection we had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't lose this person. Yeah. Like, we've been, like, dating. We've been fucking. We've been, like, in this. It's been a romantic connection. Like, mm-hmm. if we break up, that's it. Everyone says you can't be friends with their exes. Yeah. And so I was like, well, now I'm six months in- emotionally invested into this person. It would devastate me to lose him. I don't feel romantic towards him. You know, sex was hard for us. We've mm-hmm. always struggled with that because yeah. it was just like it did. It felt like incest, and, and, yeah, and it, was weird. I, it was weird. Always, always. So yeah, so like, but then you're six months invested, and you're like, well, I, I don't want to. Like, what am I going to do? I don't want to lose this person. Yeah. Well, that was also my previous experience. Was like, all right. Well, then when you break up with someone, that person's out of your life. You do not have connection or talk to that person anymore. And if you do, it's very. Br- and I was like, well, that sucks because this is like my best friend now. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like you don't know what to do. So, yeah, like when you said people are like, why would you stay in that relationship? It's like, well, the option is then I just lose my best friend. So yeah, what and do it's, you do? And I just like that was too devastating for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, we tried a lot of things. We went to therapy. Mm-hmm. We had that amazing. <laughs> we had this sex therapist. Oh, my goodness. What was her advice to us? Uh, to light some candles and put on some bolero. Now, I don't know about you guys, but holy shit, does that get me wet. <laughs> she goes, Chelsea, have one tit out when he gets home. Sit at the oh dining room. Yeah. She goes, sit at the dining room table. Have his shirt on. Leave one tit out. Rub some oil all over your body. Put a leg up on the table. Put on bolero mood lighting. And, and, the- and say, hey, baby. And I was like. I looked at you and you were like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But immediately, like, the the problem with having, like, two comedians is, like, we both were like, this is what you do. And we just started imagining, like, this is what you're doing. Yeah, we got in the car and we just made fun of her for an hour and a half. She was also, like, she looked like a scare. She kind of looked like, um, who's that scarecrow Republican scary lady? Oh, yeah. What's her uh, name? Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter. She did look like Ann Coulter. She looked like Ann Coulter. She would wear true religion skinny jeans and like. And those boots. And those boots. <laughs> so, and she had like platinum blonde, like 2004 yeah. VH1 hair, yep. rock a love hair, yeah. you know? And so it's like, we're trying to do sex therapy and we're like really trying, you know? I'm like, okay, look, sex is 
an important part of a relationship, but most of the time when you're with someone, you're not having sex. Yeah. Most of the time, and Mike and I had that. We had that familial, we, I trusted him with my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. we had everything else. We just didn't have that. And I was like, okay, it's one element of a relationship. She, Her whole thing was, you don't get five out of five with everybody. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I have four out of five with Mike. Everything else is great. I don't have mm-hmm. that. So we tried that. Couldn't take that seriously because it was too embarrassing for her. We just made fun of her the whole time. It was amazing. I mean, honestly, she was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just, that's why we liked going to her because we knew the whole car ride back was just us roasting. Right. <laughs> Not at all helping our problem. No. <laughs> and then we opened up our relationship. We were like, okay, let's outsource that. Mm-hmm. If we can't get it from each other, let's get it from somewhere else. That didn't work either. So after two years, we lived together. We did the whole thing. We did, we did the husband and wife life. And, you know, um, I wasn't, I mean, everyone told me like, it's going to be the end. And I would say things to you. Like I remember, and this was kind of toxic and shitty on my part. And I totally uh, take responsibility for that. But like, I would say things that were kind of fucked up sometimes, which were like, if we break up, are we still going to be friends? Yeah, And like, that's, something that you like I know kind of was hurtful to you yeah which I am very sorry for and I think where that was coming from was like I knew it wasn't gonna like I just yeah and I I mean I knew too so and I just that came from an insecurity of like I just cannot I was so scared to lose you that I would just I don't know I just would say things like that because I'd be like I'm so scared like I have to know if we ever do break up like are you gonna still be in my life yeah but if you're in a relationship with someone and you're trying to work it out and trying to be together and the person's always like, if we break up, are you going to leave me? Yeah. It's pretty toxic. Yeah, you're and like, shit. oh, we're breaking up. Yeah. Um, okay. So from your perspective, like, why did you want to stay in the relationship? I mean, all those reasons we discussed for sure. But also I had my own uh, battle. I was, I was raging alcoholic. So I was just scared because I know when I'm – not in a relationship, I completely just fall to my vices. So, like, having someone there, there was, like, that added, like, I'm pretty sure if I lose this relationship and then my best friend, I'm going to completely go off the rails. Yeah. So it's like that on top of, like, yeah, I don't want to lose my best friend. This will be hard to lose this relationship. I also knew. I was like, I'm probably going to die in six months if we break up. Jesus Christ, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And also, like, we come from, we both come from families that are kind of broken in some ways. Yeah. And I think we found that family in each other and, like, truly, and I'm not trying, I know this, I'm, I'm trying to be funny and shit on this podcast, yeah. but, like, the truth is, like, Mike has healed parts of me that I didn't even know could be healed. And, like, the relationship we had was so profound in my life that, like, I just, and everyone, everyone tells you, like, it just isn't possible. Like, maybe mm-hmm. you guys can be friends for a little while, but then you guys are going to meet new partners, yep. and they're not gonna, no one's going to be okay with you being that close with your ex. And you have all these people in your ear, and you're like, okay, I guess that's true. Like, yeah. I don't know if, like, people are going to be okay with it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot for some. It could be a lot for someone, especially if they've been cheated on or if they, you know. Yeah. People come with a lot of baggage, and you just don't know. Yeah who's going to be sensitive to what. And I would not want to hold you back from finding your person and yeah. you wouldn't want to hold me back from running. So it's like, you just don't know what the future is going to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, the idea of losing you was so devastating to me. I was willing to just like fuck other people and just cohabitate with you forever. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, okay, so ball, let's get to the actual travel fucking part of this yeah. whole thing, which was we went on this trip to Bali at kind of the tail end of our relationship. And this was kind of a trip that, that I think both of us knew, like, this is the end. Mm-hmm. It's pretty illuminating. Um, first of all, like, can you talk, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it, but can you talk a little bit about, like, where you were at in your life when we, you know, went to Bali? Like, what was going on with you personally? Just, like, where your headspace was at? Yeah, so it was, like, a weird, perfect storm of, like, I knew our relationship was about to fizzle out. Uh, the job I was working at the time was starting to fizzle out. I was drinking, like, a lot more than I was usually drinking. Like, everything was just ramping up to this, like... I felt like I was coming to either rock bottom or a jumping off point. So it was it was a really strange time to be going to paradise. Yeah. <laughs> what? Can, how much were you drinking? What What was that? Uh, I was describe? I was drinking probably about a bottle of whiskey a day that I had kind of squirreled away. I was a secret drinker, so I had no idea. And because I'm kind of a big dude, I could really put it away and still seem like I kind of have it together. And and Mike is not like a violent drunk or a very boisterous drunk. No, he's no. so stoic and. I only knew him as someone who drank a lot. So, like, it wasn't like, you know, his drinking really wildly increased. Like, you always drank a lot. And, yeah. I, and you know, you're like a burly dude. Like, yeah. you look like you should drink whiskey. For sure. And so, like, I just... And to be honest, like, alcoholism isn't something that I've seen a ton of in mm-hmm. my life. So, it's not like I come from alcoholics or, like... I'm, I'm like... Because some people were like, how did you not notice that he... And I was like, I always knew he drank a lot. Yeah. But you're very hard to read Mm -hmm. and when you get drunk you just get friendlier yep you don't get like violent you don't get like destructive unless you drink a shit ton of beer and then you just want to (laughs) like go over to people's apartments and destroy all their furniture or whatever but like you you know you're not like a you're not a drunk who like you don't drink and drive you don't like go and you don't end up in jail like no all my destruction is turned inwards which is a whole other. So you were like secretly drinking. Yeah. Like when we lived together too, like I literally had no idea. Like yeah. I had were... a, literally a place in the parking garage where I had a couple bottles of whiskey that I knew I could like go take the trash out and take a swig. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I'm like finding this out for the first time. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. I had, I had bottles squirrel away. I also had a bottle up above the stove where I knew you were too short to see. So I would use that. <laughs> Yeah. And then when you when I'd go to sleep, you'd wake up and drink. Yeah, you'd go you'd go to sleep probably around like ten thirty, and I'd stay up till like one in the morning, just drinking and watching movies. Yeah, no idea. So yeah. at the time we went to Bali, we had never really gone on like a big couples trip. Mm-hmm. We got on like little trips, but nothing yeah, huge like nothing that. Nothing like that. And so we were staying at like bomb ass places. This was like through work, so I was staying at like really nice places. I got some, you know hook up hook Mike up. And I felt like, okay, this is like kind of, let's see if a trip will like help us figure it out or mm-hmm. something. No. Okay. You, on that trip, your drinking was pretty bad too. Like what, oh, yeah. what were you, what was going on with your drinking there? Well, basically I only wanted to go do stuff where I thought I would be able to drink. Cause it's a little harder when you're somewhere on vacation, you don't have your normal like spots you can do. So basically, we had the swim up, swim up pool, where I immediately made friends with the bartender and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you some extra money. You bring drinks to my room now." 
So that was one of the first things is like after you would go to bed, this guy would roll up to our unit and he would have like a couple like shots of Jameson for me. And I, none of this, I didn't know any of it. You paid him in cash. Paid him in cash and told him it was between us. Yeah. And he was just like, sure. Yeah. And that's the thing about like being an alcoholic is it just gets so exhausting. Like having to do all that. And like, it was just like, for what? It's like, get like a little extra drunk at the end of the night. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, honestly, it's, it's, I was, it's an addiction. I get it. And like, Mike and I have already gone through all of this, like, yeah, being li- finding out you've been lied to by your best friend for all yeah, that time sucks. It's fucked up. It's fucked up, but like, you know, it's not your fault. You have a disease, yeah. you know, but, and I forgive you, obviously, and it's all good, but like, it is shocking to find out that like this person that you thought would never lie to you, that you could trust completely, like, had a secret oh, yeah. life that you just did not know about. It's sad. It really mm-hmm. is sad because I know that you could have enjoyed Bali so much more had you been able to not been so sick from hangovers, mm-hmm. not been so fucked up and, like, drunk for the whole thing. Yeah, it is a regret I have because, like, we were somewhere that, like, not a lot of people get to experience, and it was beautiful, but I was miserable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> wow, this comedy podcast has been hilarious so far, I've got to say. Okay. Um. What were you most excited about for Bali leading up to it? Um. Honestly, that monkey forest. Yeah. That monkey forest was dope. Even though one of the monkeys literally tried to murder you for touching its tail, but I just wanted to pet it. Yeah. The guy the guy they're like have a monkey handler and he immediately jumped in like do not touch the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, I I almost got an eyeball clawed out. Um, do you have like a favorite memory of Bali? My favorite memory is actually of course a drinking memory, but when we got to that one spot in Simignac uh, where it's literally like this cool little, yeah, this pool area that look overlooked the ocean. There was a stairwell that literally went right down to like 10 feet of beach and then the ocean. And it was just like this perfect breeze. And it was like a literal postcard vacation moment. It's a beach club. It's called La Brisa, Bali. And it's a beach club that's decorated like a uh, pirate ship. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was like if J- Jimmy Buffett's wet dream. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But it was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, I think what told like what was like pretty obvious to me about our relationship being over is like we didn't have sex one time in Bali. No. And it's, like, it's a very romantic place. Like, mm-hmm. we're on these, like, incredible adventures together. We were having a blast. Because yeah, it's us. It, and, and we can the, have fun. The accommodations we were staying in were, like, incredible. I know. We were having the best time. Like, yeah. Mike and I could have fun at a Target. Yeah. All, I mean, anyone can have fun at a Target. But, like, <laughs> we could be at, like, you know, the most depressing place on the planet and have a blast. Because we're, like, just have fun anyway. But we were in, like, the most, like, romantic settings, like, just, you know, swim up bar pools and like gorgeous backdrops and rice fields and all this stuff. And like, we didn't, we were not physical at all the entire time. Nope. And it just, I was, I just remember like looking at you being like, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able yeah. to play this like act of yep. like, we're in this romantic relate. Like it just, yeah, it was, that was really hard. That was really sad. Cause I, I, that trip kind of told me like, it just, it's, a trip really does illuminate a lot about mm-hmm. what's going on in your relationship. And I talked about another episode with Alex Hooper, like, the pressure of vacation sex is, tr- like, real. It's like you, 
you think you should. And so sometimes that can ruin it. But like, you should want to maybe have, you should want to yeah. have sex with your partner on vacation. Yeah. Like, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And Mike and I, not only did we not have sex, we like, we're not, we weren't kiss. we were like not no, into nothing. it. There we was, were just two bros on vacation. <laughs> like, tr- truly, we were like two fucking frat bros yeah. running around Bali. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the breakup. Um, Which we broke up like a week after we got back, so it was like pretty, yeah, pretty quick. It was, I know exactly when it was, because... <laughs> Um, I, all weekend, so we got back, we were back for a couple weeks. I had to go on a press trip to like Mexico or something. Mm, that's right. With Brie and all this stuff. And I, I just told, I was talking to my friend and I was like, we went to Bali and it was just like, and it was great, but like, it's just, I, I don't know. Like I always had this gut feeling like I just, this isn't it. And mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hold this person back. I don't want to be held back. Like, yeah, but you know, I talked to my best friend about it and she was like, you know, you can't, if you, like, if you really believe that you guys can be, like, figure out a friendship, like, do everything you can to make that friendship mm-hmm. work. And it was just devastating. Like, I was really, it was, it was really scary. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done is, like, having to break up with you, not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah, well, all of our life experience plus what our friends were telling us is, it's not going to work. Yeah. So I remember because we, Mike and I were supposed to go to Seattle where his mom lived and family lived for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, and I know this can be perceived as kind of fucked up, which is like, oh my God, you broke up with someone the night before you left for a trip. But it's like, we were supposed to go to Seattle, be with his whole family, his brother, his Mm -hmm. nephew, nieces, and his mom and whatever, and go, and we're going to be this whole thing of like, yeah, we've been together two years and like, let everyone think we're going to get married and have kids and stuff. And like... All these, I just, I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, it's just not fair. So the night before we were supposed to leave for Seattle on this Thanksgiving trip, I, like, we were sitting on the couch and I just remember, like, my whole body was, like, numb. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Mike, we, I was, like, hysterically crying and I was like, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, can you talk about your experience of, like, what that was like? Yeah, it was weird because I think, like, while I was pretty fucking drunk, you had tried to break up with me a couple times before, and I just, like, freaked out. But it was. refused to let me. He would just, like, cry and tell me. Yeah, because I was just like, I'm going to die if we break up. I know I'm going to die. Which is such a great reason to stay in a relationship. Yeah, right. I highly recommend if you're with somebody who's like, if you break up with me, I will die. Yeah, and then you just start crying, and then they stay with you. So that's my advice to any of you out there. So toxic. Uh, But yeah, it was weird in that moment sitting on the couch i just was like yeah i know yeah which it was like a weird because i also like felt sick in my stomach but it was like we we had done all the stuff we got back from this trip we were going to see my family it was just like there's there's no pivoting away from this anymore it's time to like meet it and we'll figure it out and we and and that i think that's why i felt calm because like there was a part of me that was like there's no way we stop being friends but it would be too weird and i have to say that if we had broken up at six months when everyone when i originally was like well i don't think we would still be friends no we had to be together for two years live together have all those things you know be close with each other's family like we had to do all that to make a relationship so strong that it could overcome 
breaking up and be and transitioning to friends. Like I yeah. do think it happened exactly how it was supposed to. Yeah. Because I don't know how we would have stayed friends after six months. No, and also you don't really in six months like you get to know somebody, but you don't like really get to like. You don't have like the bo- the trust yeah. and the bond. We got and to all know that. each other's families. Why we are the way we are. Yeah. Like we know each other really well. Right. And that's the reason. Like. Plus, living together, you just get closer. Yeah, you you get it. So, yeah. So, Mike was super calm, and you... I'm like, might start crying, because it was just so... <laughs> I know. But it was like... I remember, like, I looked at Mike, and I said all these things, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is not going to rank in the top ten comedy <laughs> podcast on Apple, because I'm crying. You got this range. I, <laughs> truly. <laughs> Guys, this is a ro- this is a dark comedy. Okay, it's an indie <laughs> comedy. It's dramedy. Enjoy. I I said I was like I love you. Like you're my person. Like I'm always gonna love you no matter what happens. Like I'm never going anywhere. And you handled the breakup like so well. Like the things you said to me. Like I'm always gonna love you. I'm always gonna be your best friend. I'm never going anywhere. We're fa- I've, we said family forever. It's family forever. Yeah. And that. To be loved, like, in that way, to be loved unconditionally, to be loved past the point of a breakup, mm-hmm. that is why I held on to that relationship for so long. Yeah. Because that's who I was dating. Somebody who could, like, get broken up with the night before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and tell you that they'll never stop loving you and they're always going to be there for you. Yeah. Like, that's who I, like, Mike is an asshole most of the time to <laughs> me, but that's who he really is. And, like... That's why I hung on to that relationship forever. Because I, you're very hard to find. You're like the night, the yeah. best person, and our bond was impossible to find. Yeah. Well, so, you also, un- unconditional love is something in your life you only come across like a few times, I think. So when you do find someone that, like, it goes both ways. Like when you get some unconditional love, you're like, okay, I need to hold on to this because yeah, it's rare. Yeah, so, you know, but then we decided to go to Seattle anyway and not tell anybody we broke up. I think it was mostly because we were living together and we were like, okay, let's go to Seattle, get in this Airbnb and have like a breakup Airbnb. Yeah. Which I think is a genius idea. Let the breakup gestate. Like, get out of your, okay, like, for anyone listening, if you're going to break up, like, even if you're staying in your hometown, but you live together, rent an Airbnb for a week. Go cry, breakups, mm-hmm. and go and like go through all the breakup emotions in another space. Because I'm telling you, that fucking pl- I would not have wanted to go through that first week of breakup, like crying, yeah. screaming, g- asking you a million times, "Will you live with me when we're 80? Like <laughs> I just like <laughs> like can you and your wife and me and my future husband can we all live in the same house together please and you were like yeah totally no but yes for sure like all of those things that we did like just i wouldn't have wanted to have it in our home yeah yeah you take that sadness and you go leave it somewhere and go then, leave it in somebody else's rental yeah. yeah so the next people that go into that airbnb walking in are like jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> the fuck happened did someone die in here it's 10 degrees colder in here (laughs) yeah like truly it was actually really good we didn't tell anybody we broke up until we got back because we were like let's not ruin even in hindsight i'm like that was the right call it really was because i was like let's not bum everybody out at thanksgiving like that's a real big bummer yeah how did but you were like we're gonna be fine like how did you have that clear how did you know we were gonna be able to stay friends 
I didn't. I just was like, I need, I need that to be the outcome. So I'm gonna just believe that that is going to happen. I mean, that's liter that's literally what I just told. I was like, it's happening. So okay. And you are also the type of person where, like, if a, if you met a girl and she was like, you can't be friends with your ex, like, you wouldn't want to date that kind of person. Yeah, well, that's also one of the joys of being older is, like, someone gives you, like, ultimatums and says shit like that to you. You're just like, you're great, but I'm, I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people are like, I mean, yeah, most absolutely. people are like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with. And that's what's so crazy is, like, when we broke up and I was like, we're still going to be best friends. And here's the thing. Mike and I broke up and our relationship did not change at all. Yeah. To this day, it's been years since we broke up. We are the same towards each other, which should honestly tell you everything you need to know yeah. about what our romantic relationship was like. The only difference is we don't like sleep in the same bed together. Exactly. We don't cuddle. Yeah. But like nothing is different. Yeah. Every single guy I've dated since you has not given a shit about us being friends and the girls you've dated have not really, except for that one girl. Yeah. There was that one girl who thought she was always convinced we were going to get back together. Yeah, but she was also a damaged, crazy person. But, like, so. Mike and I, like, I'm with my future husband. You're with your domestic partner. You guys are legally bound yeah. to each other. And both of that, like, they all, we all hang out. We all, we all visit each other at our places. Yeah. We go stay with each other. They're cool. Everyone loves each other. We're one big, weird, happy family. Yeah. And it never, it, if I had known that... God, I wish I had known that. And so, like, I feel like part of why I want to, like, put make this podcast episode is, like, fuck what everybody said. Like, no one knows what the fuck they're talking about. Because also, everybody people, are, people are giving that advice based on someone that hurt them. And that's their experience. Like, it truly has not been a problem. In fact, it's been, yeah. a ble it's been amazing. Like, yeah. we just keep growing our family. And, you know, we have, like, I, I could not love your girlfriend more. What do you call her? She's your girlfriend. Yeah, she's we, my girlfriend. Do you call her your partner? What do you call her? So she's, you guys are legally bound to each other. She's my girlfriend, okay. I guess. Well, your girlfriend. I'm obsessed with her. She's an angel. She has the greatest ass I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. And she's the sweetest human being. And the thing is... I love you so much. I want you to be with your soulmate. I really believe she's your soulmate. Like yeah. you guys are perfect for each other. Yeah. They are so well suited for each other. <laughs> they are. She's. They're wonderful to each other, and they want to fuck each other. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Isn't that great? It is great. And I found my guy who I believe is perfectly suited for me. Yeah. And you guys love each other. It's like it. It does work. Out. It can totally <clears throat> be possible yeah. if everyone can be adults about it and just be like, you know what loving someone is loving someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to look this, it can morph over time and it doesn't have to be like this toxic X thing yeah. where you like, I don't know where you're immature about like, Oh, you guys used to date each other. So like, obviously, you know, it's so many people told me like, even to this day, people are like, you know, Mike still pines for you. And I'm like, you don't think I would love to think that. Yeah. I love when people pine <laughs> for me. I love when people are secretly in love with me. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I would love if that were true, but it's not true. Mike is not pining <laughs> for me. He's very happily with someone else. Yeah. Couldn't be happier for you. And you know, it's like people still say that to me. They're like, you'll see it, one day. Yeah. One of your partners is not going to be okay with it. And those people need to go to therapy. No, tr truly. Cause I'm like, <laughs> no one would love to believe that more than I. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, I've never really thought yeah. since we broke up, I'm like, we are just family and that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I literally just think of you in my head now as like, Oh, that's my, my sister's coming to town to stay with us. Like, 
and I know that sounds gross because it's like, yes, we, we technically, we were, we have been inside of each other. That is gross. I know. <laughs> I know. Mike just made a face that was like, exactly. But it really is like brother and sister, family, whatever you want to, I don't even know. We have our own, it's just, we yeah. call each other the family. Yeah. And it's truly like a, this relationship completely changed my life. Because it was the first time I ever felt like this is like the safest unconditional love I've ever seen. Yeah. It's an incredible comfort to have that like no matter what I do or whatever happens, like I know this person has my back and is there and there's not anything that's going to change it. And even like with family members or other people in your life, you just you love them, but you know there's a line and they could pull that rug out from under you. Yeah, I mean, sometimes blood family is not the safest place, and sometimes it's not the most, you know, they're not people you can necessarily trust to be there for you or to support you or to yeah. or to just have healthy love towards you. And I think Mike is, you know, I don't, I just, you're like my safety net. Like, you, you yeah. are my emotional safety net. Like, I know that if I ever really needed you, you'd be there. Yeah. And ha- you have consistently for the past several years you know six seven i don't even know how long it's been now but like mike is my person and it doesn't take away from what we have with our romantic partners erica totally is your person in another way and and jordan is my person another way but like it's like it's like you know people are like well don't they get threatened and it's like okay well if you have a brother if you're let's say you're a girl with a boyfriend it's like if you have a brother no one's going to say, well, like your relationship with your brother, does that, th- the amount, how much you love him yeah. and tell him and confide in him, does that threaten your relationship? Yeah. And it's like, no, what? Like, yeah, everyone- love isn't a finite resource. <laughs> yeah, it's just different. Yeah. It's just a different relationship. Yeah. If you have multiple siblings, you love and experience exactly. them in different ways. Yeah. Like, I love Mike. I would do anything for him. He's my life partner, soulmate, whatever. But that's, it doesn't end there. It's not like I have yeah. one slot for that. And yeah. then. No one else can fit in. Yeah. So that's the deal with me and Mike. It's not that... <laughs> it's actually not that complicated. Everybody else makes it so much more complicated. Yeah. Where they're like, I don't know. I think there's something else going on. Or yeah. I think it's... I don't think you're all, you're being honest with each other. It's yeah. Like, what would we have... At this point now, too, years and years later, when we both moved on and have different mm-hmm. lives, like, I just don't know what we would be getting out of lying to ourselves or each other about it anymore. Yeah. One of the best parts about this whole thing was when um, we broke up and then we were still sharing a one bedroom apartment and sharing a bed. And we were like, well, we're not going to break a lease. And then I like met this guy on Hinge. (laughs) Okay. Let's not name him. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to. Fuck him. Okay, so I met this guy. Stop. I have to probably cut out what just happened because you Bleep it. said his name and I hate you. Anyway, I met this guy and I thought it was just going to be a rebound. I met, I went on a date with him and I he was like, okay, he was the most embarrassing guy on the planet. He loved soup. He would just eat lentil soup, like bowls and bowls of lentil soup. Like, Which that in itself isn't horrible but that mixed with everything else was the icing he yeah would eat bowls and bowls of lentil soup scared of squirrels terrified of squirrels um scared of sparklers yeah never washed a dish all the way 
every one of his Always dishes. Always specks his shit on the dishes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> okay. So I remember I went on this date and I came back and when Mike and I were still living together. We had transitioned to friends within two weeks. We were like over it. We were fine. And we were just like homies and it was all good. Mm-hmm. So we, I come back and I'm like, I went on this date with this guy and we just made fun of him all night and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me to go to, like, Paris with him, and we, like, went on this trip. And Mike was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Definitely date this rebound guy. Watch me. Let me watch Crash and Burn. Oh, yeah. So we end, So me and that guy ended up, you know, it just, I, it, I thought he was really embarrassing, but he was really sweet, and I was, like, scared, and I was just, like, we were, I, was, I was vulnerable. He was a very, very nice boy. He was nice, but... You met him and immediately. Remember that? <laughs> well, the first night I met him, he was dressed like a very cheap tennis coach, like a Craigslist tennis coach. Great. And uh, so I don't know. We, we were. I was like, I was like, Mike, just trying to like him. I'm going through it. Okay. Yeah. He's a rebound. He's making me feel better. He adores me. It's just making me feel mm-hmm. better. And you were like, This is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> let's let's watch this crash. <laughs> We go to me and that guy go to Paris. Like it somehow becomes very serious, and he's like, "Why don't you move in with me since you live in a one bedroom with your ex?" And I was like, "I mean, I can't just like like stiff Mike with that full rent. We've been splitting it. Like, yeah. I don't really want to do that to him." And he goes, "Well, I have an extra bedroom. He could just live in the extra bedroom until he finds something else." So I pitched it to you, and I said, I'm not signing a lease, and I want to be able to leave whenever I want. He was like, that's fine. You Move in with me. He had a two-bedroom. Move in with me. Don't have to sign a lease. Leave at any time. Mike will live in the second bedroom. I pitched you that, and what did you think about that? I thought it was hilarious, and I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Because I was going to charge you like 500 like nothing. Yeah, it was great, and I, w- I, was, I was making true on my promise to myself that when we broke up, I started drinking like a monster. So I was like, this will be great. This will be a perfect place to go completely off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we started living together, all three of us. Yep. How is that for you? Uh, well, first of all, I lived in a tiny little room across from the worst bathroom I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It was disgusting. It looked like a crazy like meth house bathroom. That had never been cleaned. And I lived on a temporary weird like cotton mattress with all my stuff in trash bags surrounding me. So I was in that. How long did I live with you guys? A few months. It was a few months of living like that. Well, because truly one month into living with him, I was like, I hate him. Yeah. I and hate you were this like, guy. I do not respect this man at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to to respect a man that you keep calling diet man. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he was terrified of you. Yeah. I'm like, why did you invite this guy to live with you if you're so scared of him? And he was, he would like walk into his own apartment and you and I would be like eating Thai food, watching a movie on the couch. And he'd be like, sorry, and leave. I would literally come out of my bedroom like at 1030 or whenever I woke up. And he would be on the couch and be like, oh, sorry, I'll turn the TV down. Like, bro, you, this is your house. He was terrified of you. To be fair, you're like double the size of him. <laughs> Mike is jacked. Like, Mike is like, you're like 5'10", but you're like 220, 230. He is jacked. And this guy was puny. He was like a yeah, little Yeah, he was a little guy. He was like a little raccoon of a yeah. dude. And you just like towered over him. 
you were so much man and he was so little man <laughs> and you he was just so scared of you and like i hated him. i got the ick for him so bad yeah, his right mouth oh, he the way he ate an apple yeah. it was like it was in surround sound yeah his you... mouth acoustics were fucked up <laughs> <laughs> they were real fucked up <laughs> you know you hate the guy you're dating when the way he eats an apple yeah. makes you want to literally walk onto the freeway. I was, oh my God, I got to the point. Yeah, his mouth was gross. And he always had like lip crust. Like <laughs> I've never met a man who had mouth dandruff. <laughs> Vaseline on that shit or something. Bro. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I was going through a really tough time in my <laughs> life, okay? Yeah, that was a weird that was a weird few months. There was <laughs> there was there was like the, the squirrel thing was unreal. Like he would we would be walking on the sidewalk and he would see a squirrel and he'd have to cross the street. I just don't understand what he thought a squirrel was gonna do to him. Like attack he was like, You know they how they can attack they're aggressive. I'm like, I've never been attacked by a squirrel. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of squirrels in my life. Not one time have I seen them attack me or anyone else. And he was like, no, but they could really hurt you. They could really do They could really hurt you. And I was like, they're not going to hurt you. Yeah. He was terrified of squirrels. Um, he wore socks to bed. Oh, yeah. Which is like, okay, if you don't have all of those other things. And it's, also, you live in LA. It's not a, like, my feet are cold thing. It's a weird thing. The soup thing, though, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, bowl, like, Bowl after bowl of lentil soup. Yeah. His tongue. Oh, oh, oh. His tailbone always hurt from sitting. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be like, ow, my back hurts. And I'd be like, why? And he'd be like, oh, I just was sitting for too long. And I was like. God didn't give him an ass. (laughs) (laughs) No one, like, no just mike would talk about him with my dad like for hours just being like oh, yeah just talking about how much you hated this guy and like <laughs> didn't respect him as a as a man and it was so funny to me that i just was like should i just keep dating this guy because it's it makes mike so happy <laughs> i do appreciate you sticking out for as long as you did because man the material was he was so annoying he, he was, was very annoying <laughs> At the same time, he was a sweetie who would, like, stop at homeless people and, like, make sure they, like, had money or food. He was a nice person. Like, this is the thing. Like, people love to make fun of my dating history because they're, They're like... They're good boys, though. I date, like, before the guy that I'm dating now and besides Mike, like, I've dated dweebs who are sweethearts because I don't want to date an abusive guy. I've done it and I'm done with it. (laughs) So, no more abusive men in my life. I just, so I swung the other, I was like, I just, I want to date people who I know will never be abusive to me. And I Grateful think, nerds. And, yeah, grateful <laughs> nerds. Like, I was just like, I don't want to date somebody who's going to be toxic. Yeah. So I would go the opposite direction. And it's like, I would date these guys who I didn't respect and I thought were absolute fucking losers, but they were the nicest people. And they were like good, pe- at the end of the day, they were like good people. Yeah, all of them, good people. All of them were good people. Yeah, I mean, Mike has seen me through now like, several boyfriends yeah all of them he has nickname for and he's made fun of all of them yeah he sends me michael sends me send me pictures of creatures that he thinks whoever i'm dating (laughs) looks like oh the tall guy who looked like one of the little men in black worms that was great (laughs) his body was he was like 90 percent torso (laughs) and then like five percent on top and bottom You're such a bitch. <laughs> you are such a bitch. 
Um, but you're also, it's very accurate and yeah. I can only, I can only, yeah. Back, I had the biggest dick I've ever seen in my entire life to the point where he, we had sex one time and it <laughs> broke me in half and I had to call the EMTs because I bled so much. I passed out and he had to drag me through from the bathroom where I passed out from all the blood loss into the bedroom. And I woke, I came to all these EMTs above me. With blood everywhere, looked like a crime. Looked like he stabbed me. He and it just was hit you over the head with his dick. <laughs> his, dick <laughs> his dick was so big it broke my vagina because it's so <laughs> tight and little. <laughs> Not anymore, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was yeah. Mike and I have been through some shit. Okay. Anyway, um, that's the story of me and Mike. I know that this has, we have talked very little about traveling, but everybody, you know, people seem to just think our relationship is so bizarre. And I'm like, it's not that bizarre. No, it's not. It's pretty like, you know, we're just BFFs. Yeah. Slash family members. Yeah. We just got there a weird route. I would love if we could legally adopt each other as brother and sister, but no, we'd have to have one of our parents adopt the other. Yeah. I don't like paperwork. Yeah. That's why me and Erica don't get married. (laughs) Yeah, his and his and his. Well, you guys are legally bound. You guys are more together than me and Jordan. You guys are. Yeah, we're domestic partners. Just so for I'm the on her insurance. <laughs> oh my god! Wild. She's an angel. Like truly, this girl is was sent from heaven. Yeah. She is. She's lovely. She's I, perfect. She's and she's been nothing but super excited. Like both of our partners do not give a fuck. Yeah, like, they're just good, solid people. I've asked. I asked Jordan. I was like, "Do you care?" And he goes, "I literally never thought about it one time. I don't care at all." Yeah. And it's also it's been so long. Yeah. Like we've I've been through several relationships. You've dated girls since then. Yeah. Like we, it's like there's enough like time distance between them. Yeah. That and I think, also, all you have to do is hang out with us together to realize like, oh, there ain't any type of. Yeah. Sexual anything going on. <laughs> or also, okay, like I will say, if you broke up with an ex because like, and you had like insane physical chemistry and the sex was crazy and whatever, mm-hmm. and like one of you cheated, I think that's a little different yeah. in terms of saying friends and having new partners. Yeah. Like if Mike and I didn't want to fuck each other while we were dating, we're not going to want to start fucking each other years later yeah, in happy relationships. Like that would not happen. Yeah. Like, there's just no threat. Like, I think I think every relationship is different. I'm not saying every single... Look, I'm not friends with a lot of my exes. I'm like, we dated, we broke up. I don't need to ever speak to you again. Yeah. It's just, this relationship is what it is. You know, it's very unique, and I would die without you. <laughs> so you can never, ever go anywhere. I will fucking kill you if you ever leave me. All right. I know this episode didn't have a lot of actual travel, but part two is going to be Bali recommendations. So hang around next week. We had to give all this backstory, who Mike is, all this stuff. And part two is going to be actual, like, cool Bali things to do. So stay tuned for next week. Um, that will be, you know, all about getting into Bali travel. It's, it's an incredible place. Mike, where can people find you? You can find me at Primawesome on Twitter or Instagram. Or if you just Google Mike Primavera, I'm one of the only guys in the game with that name. Do you love it when people say, oh, like the pasta? Uh, I do love it because it lets me know that I never need to engage or speak with that person ever again. On that note, it's been Globe Thotting with Chelsea Frank. See you next week. <laughs>